0: My name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life episode 103 Fertility Empowerment Show Overcoming PCOS or Polycystic Ovarian Syndrome with Stacy Moore, Mindset, Nutrition and Fitness Coach Please subscribe to Ponto Calhor Transition channel in YouTube and order My Book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Get pregnant by unleashing your reproductive power hi everyone another empowered day <laughs> and i'm so happy to have stacy moore here she is a coach and she's doing amazing job she uh, she's also mindset and nutrition and fitness coach <laughs> And we are going to talk about overcoming PCOS and fertility issues because this is a great example, guys, and she already gone through this for herself and she knows how she can help you th- to this. All right. Welcome to my show, Stacy.
1: Thank you so much, Panty. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, So tell me about your story, how did you overcome PCOS and what did you bring you to help others in this Mm -hmm. issue?
1: Well, uh, you know, I gave you my background story, so I'll go through a little bit about the issue. and the struggles that I did face in my fertility journey. So back when I was younger, I was an athlete, I've been an athlete my whole life. So trained six days a week, I was running, I did a lot of high intensity training for track and field. I also competed in basketball. So when you're putting your body through that rigorous training and the pacing and all of those things, as a female, of course, sometimes it can be difficult to become regular to have those menstrual cycles that are going to be on track. And so when I was younger in that phase, I'd been a gymnast prior to that as well. So I was very lean. Uh, I would go to the doctors and my mom was you know, kind of concerned. Why wasn't I regular? What was happening with my body? My dad was a physical educator and, you know, I think he kind of had an understanding and awareness, but the doctors would often say, well, she doesn't have a lot of body fat. And so over time, you know, as things change, perhaps that might take place. But right now, the irregularity, it's not a big deal because she is training at such a high level that that probably explains why that's not taking place on a consistent basis. So from there, you know, I just assumed once I wasn't training as much, as I left university, I started coaching in sport, and I was a teacher. And I just figured, you know, eventually things would normalize. I did use the birth control pill, you know, during that phase in my 20s. And And just assumed, you know, there was regularity with that. So I assumed when I went off of it and I wanted to get pregnant that I was healthy and I was young and I'd been fit. So it would be an easy journey. And I think many women go into that phase of their life thinking, well, I have a plan and this is the way it's going to work. And hopefully it's step by step by step. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're pregnant. And unfortunately, that wasn't the way that things worked out for me. I, you know, did go off the birth control pill when of course I wanted to start thinking about having a family. And my husband and I, we, you know, we went through about a year of not being pregnant. My period was a little bit more regular at that point. I had put on some body fat, obviously, at that point. I wasn't training at the high level of intensity anymore, but I just hoped that everything would work and Uh, After time and trying, I did have to go and seek a fertility specialist. So I went to a doctor and I had no idea why I hadn't been regular most of my life. I just thought that was the way things were with me. And he diagnosed me with polycystic ovarian syndrome uh, with an ultrasound. He showed me on the screen these little black dots hanging out inside of my body and said, You have multiple cysts that are there and what that means is of course that when the um, you know follicle is there and the egg is supposed to be released unfortunately the body doesn't go through that process of releasing the egg and so you end up with cysts in your ovaries and it's kind of like the eggs are in there having a party but they're not coming down so that you can actually get pregnant (laughs) it's kind of an oversimplified way of describing what's happening So then he went on to tell me that, of course, polycystic ovarian syndrome also means that there's an insulin resistance and your body's not processing the insulin in the proper way. And, you know, as I was in my 20s and um, looking to get pregnant, I was in my late 20s. So I got married at 29. I was looking to have my first baby in my early 30s. And, you know, your body goes through different changes. So, When I was looking at that, you know, I had put on a little bit of weight, I wasn't as active as I had been in the past. I was quite stressed. I had a very demanding job. I was very, very focused on my job and my career. And, you know, I didn't realize that I wasn't dealing with my stress and my inflammation. I probably wasn't feeding my body the greatest nutrition, even though that's what I do for a living now. And, you know, as a, as a woman and then eventually a mom, um, I think many of your listeners would probably resonate with this, that we often take care of ourselves last And when you're trying to get pregnant, you really need to be taking care of yourself first. And then even when you are a mother, I think that's really vital on the journey because you have to invest in yourself. You have to have that energy. You want to be fueled, all of those different components. So I did go through that path. I understood all of a sudden that, you know, I had some issues with insulin. Um, I then, of course, realized as well as I was struggling and, you know, every month I'd Get that pregnancy test, and I'd be really hopeful that there would be a positive sign on. and And it often didn't come, and there were the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs in wondering, you know, when's it going to happen? And you get very excited, and then you also have the lows when you're let down that it didn't work that time, and you're not pregnant, and you're very hopeful. So going through all, Uh, you actually pointed
0: to very important thing that Mm -hmm. i I don't want to miss it right now sure one of them you said you've been very active and this is one of the thing that my clients even complain about it they said you are very healthy very active but that's the point because i was a regular swimmer swimmer i was very active very healthy but i had problem with my fertility and it's good to have exercise but too much exercise again. <laughs> you be, really, you will be burned out. Yes. Yeah. And then second thing you said, uh, you, you are talking about work related issue. Yes, that's another problem some of my clients have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You can't believe it. how many of them just change their job, or they go lower on their job, a mm-hmm. bit lo- lower mo- load. Mm-hmm. And then, great, they got pregnant. Yeah. You know, these two things that you already talked about it are two very important issues. Even if you are very healthy, yeah. you, f- you feel healthy, but uh, too much workout <laughs> and too much exercise is not really good for your body.
1: Well, yes. yes. I mean, I think it depends on the type of exercise that you're doing. The level of intensity that I was working under when I described, you know, those issues that I was having as far as perhaps not having enough body fat or that intense amount of activity, it is going to impact your cycle. It can, right? If it's at that very high level of intensity. I think for people, being active and moving is something that I would suggest that you're doing, but it is a matter of listening to your body, of understanding the types of things that are going to help you, and also moving. You want to move your body every day.
0: Exactly. You have to exercise. (laughs) I love swimming, and I love exercise, Mm -hmm. but uh, you shouldn't overload your body. When you feel... Um, that sometimes you feel that if you um, exercise too much, it's good for your body, <laughs> but well, yeah. this is a problem many athletes have yeah. because they have to overload this exercise to win to mm-hmm. be a champion. And during my uh, high school, I, I was a champion all the time, I mm-hmm. you know, all I was runner, I was doing the uh, Ping pong, <laughs> you know, too many exercise. Uh, I love that, but when you gonna, when you wanna have plan for mm-hmm. your pregnancy, I guess uh, you have to uh, first talk to your your doctor. <laughs> mm. That's so important, and don't do like I I used to do uh, do swimming twenty five meters swimming uh, for each lap i used to do like 100 laps or 80 laps this is for pregnancy or getting pregnant it's too much
1: right yes (laughs) well i think what you're talking about there is different levels of stress on your body right so if you're training a very high intensity within uh you know whether it would be swimming or for my instance it was track and field gymnastics all of those types of things Athletes put their body through oxidative stress and your body goes through, you know, repair and recovery and growth and different phases when you're in that training mode. So it is going to impact your hormone level. It's going to impact your ability to have that that menstrual cycle as a female. And it's also putting stress on your body. So I think, yes, if you're getting into a point where you're looking at, you know, your fertility and you're looking at the training that you're doing or you're also really wanting to have that next phase, we are like such a miracle as women, because we have the ability to carry a baby to reproduce, but you do need to have a certain amount of body fat in order for that to happen. And you're going to grow, you know, a living being in your body. So it's, it's, I think it's listening to your body. It's knowing that, as I mentioned, movement is important. Uh, Everyone does need to move every day. Uh, but maybe it's going to be a little gentler when you're going through those phases. I did continue to do some working out when I was pregnant. I know many people who have continued to run and to do those different things. But again, as you mentioned, I think it's important to be monitored by a physician and make sure that, you know, what you're doing is healthy, safe. Obviously, things are going to change with the load on your body as well. So, you know, as you become pregnant, even, you know, you want to be thinking about that different perspective if you're going to continue to train but while you're working to get pregnant i think just really working to be in that healthy vibrant energized state right. and dealing with your stress is important because you mentioned work stress as well and you know the stress maybe of training but there's also the stress that we undergo on a daily basis. And unfortunately, you know, I I do a lot of uh, corporate wellness training, I talk with a lot of people around stress, and the fight or flight mechanism was there. So we, you know, if we were faced with a lion or a tiger or a bear or something, we would be able to fight or flee, hopefully not freeze, but we have that response in our bodies. And in today's world, with work demands and being connected all of the time and the perspective on life in general and what's happening in the world right now there's a lot of stresses and that fight or flight mechanism is constantly on alert in our bodies and that can lead to issues when you're trying to get pregnant if you're very stressed that cortisol the impact on your hormones, all of those things can have an impact on your ability to get pregnant. So managing your stress and coming up with practices and techniques for that, which, of course, we can talk about. Um, that's really vital as well, I believe. So we come back in a few seconds. Okay. <laughs> Please subscribe to
0: Panta Calhoun Transition Channel and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Thank you for watching. <laughs> All right, uh, we continue now uh, with the Stacy. More, uh, all right. What did you do after you find out that you are uh, PCOS? What kind of diet or what kind of medication did you take?
1: well i had to go through at that point a series of taking medications in mm-hmm. order to conceive and be pregnant so this was back of course my first daughter was born in 2007 my second daughter was born in 2009 so prior to 2007 at that point in time the specialists were looking at using a, a couple of different options for medications i'm not a massive believer in taking a lot of medications i use a lot of nutritional Remedies, you know, more um, natural approaches to my health and well being at this phase. But when I was back then, that was what I knew and that was what I, you know, was seeking. I wanted that support and I didn't have the wherewithal, I don't think, or the personal growth, the development, and the knowledge uh, to be able to maybe conceive in a more natural method. So I did go through a course of metformin, which is a diabetic medication because i had that insulin resistance uh you know as i was mentioning as well the more that i talked about this i also learned that this can be genetic okay polycystic ovarian syndrome can be genetic and the more that you know i it's not something that a lot of times you would talk openly about especially not back then you know i'm really trying to get pregnant and this is what i'm going through and sometimes you keep that to yourself and i did start to open up and i found out that uh, members of my family in my genetic line had the same issues. And I kind of realized then, oh, I, you know, I've been struggling and kind of on my own. And I didn't realize that on my mom's side of the family, that was something that kind of ran through our genetic lines. And that some of my uh, relatives did have challenges in trying to conceive as well. So I think getting that sort of thing out in the open is is also important. But I was posed with, uh, you know, Challenge of taking those medications. Um, When I was on metformin, I didn't feel very great. It does give a lot of, you know, upset stomach, and there's different, you know, side effects, I suppose, to that. But when you're in that phase, you're like, well, if I don't feel so great, but it works, I guess I just go with it and hope that things work out. And so I was put on that for a series of a few months. The first couple of months, uh, I didn't have that positive pregnancy test. Then on the third month, I was given, you know, kind of the option that if the course didn't run and didn't work, that I would be facing taking Clomid, which is a fertility medication that makes you release eggs. So when you're going through that whole idea of polycystic ovarian syndrome and the follicles not ripening, the eggs aren't coming forth. When you take a medication like Clomid, it can release multiple eggs at a time, and they can, of course, then be, uh, you know, <laughs> impregnated with a sperm, and all of a sudden, you could have multiple kids when you're on that medication. So that was something I was a little concerned about. I, I wasn't sure with my first pregnancy if I was ready, but I'm sure I would have figured it out. I, it's wonderful opportunity if that was the way that it worked out. But uh, fortunately, the metformin did work on the first round and I didn't have to take the Clomid. I was pregnant and I went through a healthy pregnancy. I did have to speak with a nutritionist at that point. I did have borderline gestational diabetes. It, it never came to that point, but my with the insulin resistance, my sugars were a little high. So I had to be mindful of that, keep my body moving, all of those different types of things during my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And did you have the
0: same issue for your second pregnancy?
1: So it was interesting because I mentioned that that was 2007. And then when we fast forwarded to 2009, I just assumed that it would probably be smart to go back to the same doctor and just check in because, you know, I thought, I had those issues. So it might be a good idea to go back and see what was the case. And so I did go back through a series of uh, you know appointments and those types of things. And at that point, they'd actually changed the protocol. So now they were using Clomid first, and then they were using Metformin as a secondary resort. So I once again, went through a course of a few months of having the Clomid and fingers crossed that when I had, uh, if I conceived that I had one and maybe not multiple babies. But um, I, again, it was kind of at that end phase where I'd taken the Clomid for a series of time. Then it was going to be, if this doesn't work, we'll try the metformin. And I guess my body responds to that type of threat or (laughs) this might be the case. And so I was able to conceive on the Clomid and I can still remember. The ultrasound appointment where the doctor was there and said, All right, well, let's have a look at what's going on here and make sure that there's just one baby and there are not many, many babies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there was just one, and I'm blessed with my two daughters, Eileen and Katie, who are now almost 14 and almost 12.
0: Perfect. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, why did you end up to be a fitness coach? And you do a lot. You do nutrition, fitness, and mindset coaching. I know three of them is really important for somebody who's going to be a pregnant mom. <laughs> yes, Because you have to take care of your diet and have a great lifestyle. And it's not just with diet and movement. You should have a right mindset. Yes, Absolutely.
1: So I went through a little bit of a journey, actually. I, of course, had my two girls and I was working. So I had my year off on my maternity leave. And then I went back to that job. I went back to the environment where a lot of my work defined me. I was very focused in on being a teacher. I have three university degrees. I really kind of had my blinders on of, I want to be a working mom. I want to be a career mom. I love to do what I do. I love to teach. I love to coach. But I also was in a place where, it very much did define me but i also was paying someone else kind of to raise my children because they were dropped off at before and after childcare while i was at work i would leave early in the morning my husband was you know working in toronto we live in peterborough so that was a commute for him he was on the road for work so you know we became parents and then very quickly we're working to give a lifestyle and a financial platform for our children to be able to be successful while we we continued on with our careers, and when my daughter was six, so my eldest daughter was six, she actually wrote me a letter that said, "When are you going to be my mom again?" And that kind of
0: <laughs> kind <That's> of <so>
1: sweet,
0: <laughs> and <it's, laughs> yeah, it makes you upset. Why? So you feel guilty because you mm-hmm. couldn't dedicate more time for her.
1: Yes and you know she had the wherewithal to put that together and understand that you know mommy was working a lot and so was daddy and she was at childcare during those times and so you know it really kind of made me wake up I guess in some ways to understand that um You know, I kind of talked about that whole perception of taking care of yourself. And if you don't do that, um, I was going down a path. I was a physical educator. I was running ragged. I thought I had my cape of invincibility on and I could do everything and I could be this mom and I could coach and I could be on a bus coaching basketball and track meets and come home at all hours of the night. I became a fitness instructor because I kind of was looking at myself at this point after having two kids wanting to lose the weight after having kids. And I figured, how do I know how to do that? And I'd always had practice. I'd always had that training aspect in my life. So I became a fitness professional and I just added more onto my plate, (laughs) more stress, more movement, more things, you know, that I was trying to juggle. So I often would be up at Five in the morning, driving to the gym, teaching a class at 6 a.m. I would grab food on the run and uh, often, you know, add a bit of a drive through thinking that I knew everything about health and nutrition with my background, but not fueling my body the right way. And then I would go teach all day and then I would coach all night and not be with my kids. But I was trying to find a way to be strong and vibrant and fit myself. So I did work at that point in the fitness space to, you know, get myself back to a place where I felt confident, where I felt good, I was strong, I was leaning up, I lost weight. This was great. But there was still something missing. And I still was running ragged. I still didn't have the opportunities to be with my kids. And so fortunately, uh, nine and a half years ago, I was introduced to a nutritional system That I've been using, and I'm partnered with as a brand partner in nutrition, and I put that that into my body, and all of a sudden opened up a whole bunch of doors. I was fueled nutritionally, I was nourished, I was dealing with my stress, I had the fuel in order to perform at my maximum, not only in my fitness but also in my work, and then a whole host of personal growth and development came along with that. And so I really started to work on my mindset, on what was important in my life on balancing, you know, the different perspectives and spending more present time with my girls. And I wanted to be the mom that was going to be able to be at their soccer games and their hockey games and seeing them in their speeches at school and winning awards at school. But I was missing all of those things. And so I found a pathway Uh, developing uh, actually in a network marketing business with a company called Isogenics, And I linked arms. I kind of jumped right in after being quite a negative Nelly for quite some time as far as understanding that whole piece of nutrition and nourishment. And I just went on a path of learning and learning from amazing people, people like Tony Robbins and Brennan Bouchard and Jack Canfield and Lisa Nichols, thought leaders in that whole world. And I really just kind of opened up doors and opened up the realm of possibility for what could be in my life. And as a result, six and a half years ago, I left my teaching career. I've now grown a large organization. And then that's led me to have my own radio show to really develop my own brand of Fly Girls Inc and empowering women to first love themselves or be fly girls and taking that time to be empowered to fly in the facets of focus, fitness, fuel, family and fun.
0: Beautiful. So this is after pregnancy, after having kids. Yes,
1: yeah,
0: this is after having <laughs> we, We're going to talk about before mm-hmm. pregnancy because people are struggling to mm-hmm. conceive. What yeah. is your recommendation? If you get back with your experience right now, mm-hmm. if you get back to your past, what did you change Or what do you recommend to my audience to change to get pregnant easily?
1: So I will say that, you know, since my journey, and even looking at, you know, I'm now 45. So I will reveal my age. (laughs) I'm 45. And I can say now looking back at where I was, I had my first baby just as I turned 31. And so... Looking back at what I know now and wishing perhaps that I was in that state then, it really is a matter of finding balance in your body. And now at the age of 45, I can proudly say that my cycle is regular. You know, I have this is called overcoming PCOS, right? So. I'm not sure. I haven't gone back to have an ultrasound because I'm not looking to get pregnant anymore. But I do know that every month I have consistency and I'm regular. And I do believe that that is because of the fact that I found nourishment, I found balance, I found perspective, and really the nutrition, the movement piece, building in that foundation of wellness is what's allowed me to thrive now and. I don't know, if I tried to get pregnant now, I think I'd probably be okay. (laughs) Uh, But my advice to those who are in that state is to just really look at your perception of the world, right? Perception, my dad taught me that perception makes the world go around. And there are a lot of things right now that can be stressful in your life. We can also go down the path of negativity and I've learned over time through all of my personal growth and development that what you focus on you find and what you focus on grows. And so if you're constantly in that cycle when you're trying to get pregnant and every time you're hoping and wishing and praying that it's going to happen, if you constantly have that perspective of, I'm never gonna get pregnant, this is never going to work, I'm so frustrated the more that you're focused on those types of thoughts, you're going to get more of that in your life. You know, Pantia, we've heard stories all the time where women undergo IVF yes. and they spend you know, tens of thousands of dollars and they're so stressed because money is a big, like financial stress is so, so big in people's lives. Yes. And we hear about it, right? They go through all of these different things. One of my really close friends went through, I believe it was three rounds of IVF. And, you know, she just had her second baby. And, you know, we're partnered together and really helping her with nutrition and balance and all those things. But she wasn't focused and stressed on that outcome. And you hear that all the time, that that's what happens. As soon as you kind of like, okay, maybe I give up on that, or maybe that's not the path. All of a sudden, the stress kind of lifts and people get pregnant, right? So I really believe that your mindset is quite vital in this. And that you want to be aware of the thoughts that you're thinking and what you're projecting out into the world. And even, you know, just thinking about your body as that vessel of energy and light and positivity and that you are so strong and so capable and you're nourishing your body and you're moving your body you have that mindset of i'm going to be the best mom and i'm going to carry this baby and it's going to be wonderful that's a very different energy than what i described before where you're negative and you're frustrated and it's just not working your whole body tenses up when you have that type of energy so I believe that mindset piece, as well as the nutrition and fitness, it all works together. And I also believe it's a matter of having a community of support around you that you can lean on, that you can talk to other women that you can share in those struggles or challenges with. I believe all of those things are going to really help uh, with your people and your audience to be able to be successful.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you actually refer to a really great point. (laughs) <laughs> because visualization is the big key and you cannot visualize the great outcome, but you you have something exactly different, mm-hmm. <laughs> different with what you visualize. You yeah. cannot say, I'm going to be a mom and then put a lot of investment on it. But then in your heart, you feel that you don't deserve it. these are not really aligned together (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yes Mm -hmm.
0: yes so stacy do you think support how how much is the um how much support and positive environment helped Mm -hmm. you
1: well, I, you know, I used a doula. That was important to me when I was going through my first pregnancy because I didn't know anything. I, I mean, I had taught Sex Ed, and you know, I was all about giving my students, you know, the background and the knowledge and all these things. But then, when you go through it yourself. You can read or listen and learn to all you want. It's it can sometimes be a very different experience when you're undergoing that whole process with your body for the first time. And so I did lean on, of course, you know, our family members, friends. Uh, you know, talking with other women who were going through things at the same time, having that network of support, both when you know I was trying to get pregnant, as well as when. I was pregnant and even after, you know, you want to be surrounded by other women, I think, who are going through those same types of things that you might be. And to be able to ask questions, to be able to share, as I mentioned, in those challenges or struggles, but also to be able to have that positivity and that vision for one another. And you also you kind of get invested in each other's excitements and hopes and dreams and, you know, I can remember having other friends who were trying to conceive at the same time, and some had challenges, and some had losses. And, you know, we wanted to be there to help and support through those ups and downs. And it's really, mm-hmm. I think the support network uh, is is vital. Yes. And that's why I chose to have a doula in the room with me as well, because I had no idea what it was going to feel like to have to go through labor. And, and my labor of my first, you know, I don't know if you want to go down that path, but I had a full-on plan for what was going to happen with my birth of my daughter, Eileen, and none of it happened. It was just totally sideways. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, yeah, there are lots of Facebook support group, and people um, actually share their pictures. They have their babies, even if they are over 40. Um actually really helped me because i see a lot of real examples and i see oh that's gonna happen to me as well so it's it's great to be Mm -hmm. supported and to have positive vision because you see something in reality happen to someone else then you feel excited and i mean i was like that i was i always think that other if other people are happy it multiplies your happiness as well because the world should be harmonized. So happiness of others make me happy too. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So I see here you have uh, the website, Stacy Moore, feed.feed, Fly Fitness Club. Mm -hmm. And do you have any freebies for my audience?
1: So it's interesting that you asked that. I In the spring, when we were first in lockdown, I looked at what I was going to do to be able to reach my participants in my fitness programming, and also to keep my own two girls fit and moving. They are very passionate about basketball and hockey. So I did um, 100 live free workouts over wow. the course, yes, uh, between between March 13th all the way through until August even when I was away camping in the summer we still broadcasted live and gave a lot of movement and a lot of different feedback for people so if you go to my YouTube channel which is uh, Stacey Moore and of course all of the Fly Girls if you look for Fly Girls Fitness with Stacey Moore you'll find that there are so many different workouts that I did over the course of that phase. It was actually picked up by MSN Spark Lifestyle in the United States and broadcast on their platform. I was interviewed on an Inspired by Sport uh, platform here in Peterborough and as well as Global News. So we've had a lot of different you know, interviews, perspectives on that, and all of that's there as far as that free opportunity. I always offer, you know, one on one free coaching consultations if people are interested in just seeing what I'm up to or just learning a little bit more about their goals. So those are opportunities. Um, I often have a five day abs and booty challenge, you know, that type of thing within the Fly Girls program. So there's lots of ways that you can connect with the work that I'm doing. And then I do have, as you mentioned, uh, at stacymore.fit the Fly Girls Fitness Club is a program. It is a paid subscription, but it's a small community. It's a group where we come together uh, online in a group, and I do go live in there five days a week. I offer a whole variety of classes. You can do the classes at any type of the workouts. You're basically working out with me. Well, then for a pregnant woman? Yeah, absolutely. I give a lot of modifications. So Mm. you can get any phase in your life, really. And it's really, like I mentioned, a matter of moving. So I do a different sort of theme every day. We have a mountain Monday, Tabata Tuesday, weights Wednesday, tone it up Thursday. And uh, we do flexibility Friday with yogas to wrap up the week. So it's 20 different workouts a month. Yeah, there's lots of great stuff there. And then as well, of course, the nutritional piece and the coaching uh, that I do with isogenics and the support of people and as far as building community and that support of positive connection mm-hmm. is also there.
0: So I just want to add something here, as I sure. see your positive energy here, even mm-hmm. before pregnancy and after. Mm-hmm. Um, the first key is self-love, as you said. Yeah. So you shouldn't think... If I have PCOS or fertility issues, I should stop other uh, exciting thing that I love. No, Mm. it's better. Even it's better for you because it distracts you from what your situation is. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Like I distracted myself with the violin. I did journaling. So you have to customize your feeling. Mm-hmm. to see what can distract you from all the feelings, bad feelings that you have. And all the time be productive because it really helps to mm-hmm. uh, to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> because when you are productive, your body receives it. Mm-hmm. And then you start producing a baby. But mm-hmm. when you you are in a distress mode and then you don't want to do anything, you are lazy and distressed, mm-hmm. then nothing going to happen to you. Yes. <laughs> All the stress coming and hormones and you have lots of imbalances. And diet, as yes. you said, is very important. A stress mm-hmm. management, diet, and have a great movement, as I said, for your pregnancy, you have to be careful, <laughs> but you should move all the time. Movement, even if it's a little walking, uh, it's really
1: recommended hmm absolutely i think all of those things are vital and just for a healthy vibrant life in general whether you know you're trying to conceive you're trying to balance life as a mom or just in general for overall health and well-being i think you want to incorporate all of those components that you just spoke about i also would talk a little bit about hydration making sure that you're getting enough water yes. in your day that you're getting enough sleep right um, all of those types of things for mindset it's all going to play a role in your ability to conceive and just to be happy and and well in your life. That's what want. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed talking to you and learned so many things from you, especially for PCOS fighters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't need to fight too much. Just go mm-hmm. and take the recommendation, get the great diet and This is not the issue for infertility. There is no, there are lots of women out there have PCOS, endometriosis, and other fertility issues. But as I said, these are problems that can be solved. So you should find a solution, be uh, on the move all the time and have a great diet, less stress, and it's going to happen to you. Yes. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thank Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you so much.